so I titled the sermon this evening, The Battle. And so just to orient ourselves, uh, I picked Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18 uh, as the scripture reading. So finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with you, which will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end, with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. We too often think of our salvation and our faith as a struggle against our own sin and immorality. We very rarely consider ourselves to be part of a larger confrontation against the forces of evil. Our society frowns upon such stark characterizations. Instead, people largely solely focus upon the goodness of God, neglecting the fact that with all the good also comes evil. If you turn on the news, there are any number of stories about many good things happening in the world, but no one can dispute just from turning on the TV any night of the week that true evil exists. And we as Christians, it's our duty to fight back and push back against that evil of the world. Moral relativism has largely replaced the norms of right and wrong and instead focus them on an individual's interpretation of what they personally view to be right and wrong. Besides the danger that this lack of absolute morality entails for our society, there is a far larger danger in that it minimizes the daily conflict that we as Christians are fighting against the forces of evil in the world. This moral relativism, moral relativism also neglects the word of God and seeks to replace it with our own opinions largely influenced by the world. Isaiah, 55, uh, Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 and 9, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. By disregarding the active part that Satan plays in the world, we limit our ability to confront him and don't adequately strengthen ourselves to withstand his attacks. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 says, Be sober, be, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Satan plays on our weakness, our indecision, and our frailty. He knows our weak points and seeks to exploit them. It all started from the very beginning. In Genesis chapter 3, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves covering. Have you ever noticed that it's when you are already down, when things already aren't going well, that something else will come along that challenges you? You've already had a bad day, you've already had a bad week, things aren't going well, and it just piles on. Things that make you question yourself, your belief, your friends, your family. Consider the story of Job, a man who in the words of God was in Job 1, a blameless and upright man, 
one who fears God and shuns evil. Consider what happened to him. Satan took his property, his children, and his health. But he wasn't attacking the material things solely for his own amusement. He was attacking Job's core, his fundamental beliefs and faith in God, and attempting to have him forsake the Lord. After everything that had happened, Job, Job responded to God. Job, Job chapter 42, verses 2 through 6, I know that you can do everything, and that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. You asked, who is this who hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore I have uttered what I did not understand, things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. Listen, please, and let me speak. You said, I will question you, and you shall answer me. I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes see you. Therefore I abhor myself, and repent in dust and ashes. Job kept his faith in the Lord, despite the harshest attacks by Satan. How much more should we be able to stand a little bit of lesser ad adversity? The struggle against Satan and the forces of evil must be seen as warfare, an all-out struggle for your salvation and that of your fellow man. In 2 Corinthians, Paul says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. In this struggle, there will be large battles and there will be small battles. Larger battles involve major crises in our lives that many times result in us questioning our faith. A loved one passing, infidelity in a marriage, scandal within a congregation. These in many ways are more straightforward to deal with. There is a clear problem and while difficult, a path to get to the other side of it. The smaller battles are oftentimes more difficult to discern but in many ways are more damaging. They are the daily little instances of the devil sitting on your shoulder, telling you certain things are okay or certain things won't matter. You start to question, you say, maybe it'll be fine, maybe it'll be okay if I do this, when you also kind of know that you really shouldn't, but it's that voice in the back of your mind that says, everything will be okay, this one time, this two times, it's not gonna make a difference. In my own life, I've begun to make a point of reading the Bible every day before I go to work. Just a few chapters, but it helps me focus for the day and ensures that I am constantly expanding my Bible knowledge. There are mornings, however, when I really wish I could just get a few extra moments of sleep. Or my children have been up late, and that would be all the better to just be able to sleep in a little longer. Or maybe I want to just check on the news really quickly to see what's going on before I start my day. Or just entertain myself on Facebook for a few minutes. Any number of things come up that distract me at that exact moment in the morning. Something as simple as taking a few minutes, a small fraction of the entire day to focus on God's word, and I oftentimes find myself getting distracted. Why is that? Because I'm actively trying to strengthen my faith and become a better soldier for Christ. And who is the big loser if I'm successful? The forces of evil. Even when we begin sometimes with good intentions, we can still be led astray. Many of you likely know the story of Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter 5. But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira's wife sold a possession, and he kept back part of the proceeds, his wife also being aware of it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? While it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. Then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last. So great fear came upon all those who heard these things. Ananias would have been better off keeping his property and attempting to emulate others that had similarly sold their property and received praise for doing so. He instead was tempted to withhold a part for himself and was condemned for it. 
Peter remarks specifically that Satan was responsible for filling his heart with lies. Satan crept in when Ananias had least expected it and led him to his downfall. What started along the original path of trying to do something good had been perverted and corrupted by the influences of the devil. The devil even attempted to tempt Jesus himself. In Matthew chapter 4, Satan tempted Jesus, first challenging him to turn stones into bread, then tempting him to test God, and finally tempting Jesus by offering him dominion over all the world. If Satan is bold enough to tempt Jesus knowing who he is and that he is the Son of God, how much more is he able to attack those of us with less ability to resist him? We must take the offensive and not be passive in this struggle. How can we put on the full armor of God as Paul instructs in his letter to the Ephesians? Girding your waist with the truth by being scripturally prepared, just as Jesus responded to Satan when he was tempted in Matthew. Second Timothy chapter 3 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. We can put on the breastplate of righteousness by working to be an example for our fellow man. In Matthew chapter 5, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace by preaching to others so that they may know the word of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. You can take the shield of faith with you. In Matthew chapter 9, And suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for twelve years came from behind and touched the hem of his garment. For she said to herself, If only I may touch his garment, I shall be made well. But Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, Be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well, and the woman was made well from that hour. Just a simple act of faith. She knew that if she could just get close enough to touch Jesus' hem, that she would be healed. Think about what kind of faith that entails. You can take the helmet of salvation and the sword of spirit. From Romans chapter 6, Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. And we can pray always with all prayer and with, the and with all supplication of the Spirit. From 1 Thessalonians 5, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. I encourage all of you to put on the whole armor of Christ. Do not take a passive role in your salvation, that of your friends and family, or even that of a complete stranger that you'll encounter on the street. Rather, seek an active role in the struggle against evil. I would encourage anyone that needs a uh, kind word, a Bible study, anything that we can at all do to be helpful, won't you please let us know while together we stand and we sing.